This podcast brought to you by Earthlink. It's Tuesday, March 28th, 2006. I'm Tom Merritt. And I'm Veronica Belmont. And welcome to Buzz Out Loud, our podcast of indeterminate length, episode 194, Mollywood, still hobnobbing with the stars, <laughs> probably passed out somewhere in Beverly Hills right now down at Digital Hollywood, but she'll be back tomorrow, right? Yes, tomorrow she'll okay. be back. Good. So, uh, Unless we never hear from her again. <laughs> exactly. If she's coming back. If she's coming back, she will be here tomorrow. She'll be back tomorrow. I uh, want to welcome Declan McCullough, Chief Political Correspondent from News.com, joining us today. You're sitting in Molly's chair. Oh, boy. This is why I have some reputation to live up to. Yeah, or if you feel uh, oddly angry for some reason. <laughs> if you feel a probably. rant coming on, yeah. that's why. <laughs> okay. Uh, but first off the top, we have uh, the story that Declan wrote about net neutrality. Uh, basic, we've talked about this quite a bit, the U.S. Congress, uh, whether they were going to jump in and ensure net neutrality or not. Uh, so why don't I leave it to you to, to tell us what happened, where, where this story is at now. Uh, sure. Net, net neutrality is, of course, uh, the idea that... Uh, broadband providers should not be prioritizing uh, certain types of traffic or blocking traffic and that kind of thing. And uh, there's there are bills kicking um, kicking around Congress, and uh, there are the tech companies, basically, basically Google, Microsoft, Yahoo, eBay, and so on, have been pushing for strict net neutrality language, uh, saying thou shalt not favor different types of traffic. They've been lobbying for this, but they got out lobbied uh, in the bill that, that came out yesterday. There's going to be a hearing on Thursday in the House of Representatives. Uh, the the final draft. It's been um, wait, we've been waiting for this for half a year. Uh, does not include those specific um, mandates. So this has come out of committee in in essence. Is that? Uh, it's been it's been in, just introduced uh, that we've had discussion drafts kicking around since uh, I think September of last year, and uh, this has been introduced by the head of the committee. Uh, this okay. is the House uh, Commerce Committee that has oversight over telecom stuff. So this and, is going into committee, and so it's going into committee. Okay. But it's also been it's it's this is prepa- prepared by the committee chairman, which is an unusual thing. So this is going to go out of committee really quickly if he wants. Right. This is Representative Joe Barton uh, from Texas. We've mentioned him before as being the person who may or may not have included the language, and now we know he's not going to. Exactly. Now, I noticed uh, Representative Wyden from Oregon has introduced his own bill somewhere. That's right. Senator Wyden uh, did introduce a bill. Oh, he's a senator. Sorry. Uh, Quite well, a former. um, But uh, Representative, there's... He introduced a bill uh, that basically gives uh, the Googles and Microsofts uh, and Amazons everything they wanted. It, it, it says very strictly, uh, to if you're a broadband provider, you're not going to play favorites. You can't build out a network and say there can be a fast lane, uh, which is what AT&T, SPC, and uh, Verizon have been saying. Uh, so so this, this is the bill that uh, the, tel- the, the tech companies want to see enacted. It has a better chance of getting somewhere in the Senate than the House, I think the House is very likely to go with Barton's bill. Yeah, so what happens in the end if this does, it, it sounds like Representative Barton's bill is going to pass through the House. I mean, we're guessing, but it, it seems pretty likely. It, it's, it, we, we are guessing it could be amended, but this is a, a very senior Republican and uh, who has the blessing of the House leadership, and so this could go through in the next month. But Senator Wyden's bill, if you had to handicap it, could it, does it have the same chances or... It, the, the House, um, uh, pardon me for lapsing into sort of DCism. I just moved here after yeah, spending a decade no in, in DC. But uh, the, the the House is, is controlled by the the uh, lead, uh, majority party um, to an incredible extent, uh, and so they can, they can basically, in this case, the Republicans can get things through no matter what the Democrats think. They just need a majority, and that's it. The Senate, on the other hand, uh, gives a lot more power or authority to individual senators, even Democrats. 
Democrats. And so um, this is why Wyden has a, has a much better chance of amending who is a uh, Democrat. Things. I'm a, a Democrat uh, who um, and who is a much better chance of amending this than the Democrats in the House of Representatives. And so there's going to be some give and take. There could be a conference committee. This is going to be a, one of the biggest bills dealing with telecommunications over the next few years. So you, you can imagine that uh, the House is going to have one version. The Senate's going to have another version looking ahead uh, towards the end of the year. You, you could have a conference committee. And, and, and that's when we'll see the details come out. So the fight's far from over. Oh, definitely. This is just a preliminary round. Does it, is it possible that the uh, content companies would have any ground to give? In, in, do you think? I mean, in, in other words, it, up till now, the content companies have all been saying, look, the network's fine the way it is. Don't mess with it. Uh, I haven't heard much myself come out of the telcos that seems reasonable, that doesn't sound like they just want to get an advantage for their own businesses, except for one listener wrote in and said that prioritizing streaming, because you have so many buffering issues, could be a legitimate change to the way the networks right now. If you could pay a little bit to make sure your stream got across, maybe that was more reasonable. Is there is there any chance, from what you know, that, that there's some give and take there, or is it pretty much a hard position on both sides yeah it's, it's it's a fair question i'm not sure that there's there's a there's a, a great answer to it uh, if, if you just look at this in sort of the battles of the lobbyists uh, the, the 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 former um, regional bell operating companies the baby bells um, have long been known to sort of own the telecommunications subcommittee and they uh, generally get what they want they are going to out lobby and we in fact have a special report on um, on tech lobbying up at news.com this week they're going to out, out lobby um, even even microsoft and so on the, the flip Upside, though, um, is uh, is that uh, m- maybe there is some room, as you suggested, for compromise. If uh, Verizon and AT and T say, "Look, we're not going to block anything," this is what they've been saying uh, more recently. The, the earlier comments sort of scared everyone. Instead, we we just want we just want to prioritize video and only video, mm-hmm. and, and maybe that can be the compromise. And well, they say that, but there's also you know the fact that broadband speeds are going to continue to increase as technology gets better and fiber gets lit up. So. Could they also be trying to hedge their bets and say, hey, we're not going to degrade service. We'll just keep it at 2006 level and never increase it. <laughs> exactly. So you can watch standard deaf TV, but never HD TV <laughs> streams or something like that. Yeah, it's 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 really unclear how, how this is going to going to play out in, in the marketplace. I, I think that. Uh, you'll probably have. Um, I mean, let, let's assume that Congress did nothing. The the FCC has already said that um, that, uh, that they expect companies to abide by net neutrality principles, and so uh, and the FCC has taken action against uh, broadband providers blocking VOIP, uh, and so the, the companies sort of have to play by the FCC's rules, even if Congress doesn't do anything. And, uh, and 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 so, in other words, this this could play out more in terms of the FCC and the marketplace if AT and T is going to block access to certain sites and people will switch uh, to a cable broadband provider. Yeah. Well, now the telcos own almost all the backbones though, right? Do the cable companies operate any of their own backbones or is all this traffic going to have to end up through the telcos pipes one point or another? There, there are. Um, AT and T uh, is the the um, is is one of the uh, the biggest backbone providers. But there's also things like Level Three mm-hmm. uh, that, that's that's not in this debate. Verizon doesn't own much of, of anything in terms of uh, what's in terms level of the three? backbone. Uh, but level Three is a backbone provider. Okay. Uh, so, so you have, uh, um, and, and so AT and T is both, uh, but I think, um, but I think it's t- it's primarily talking about its uh, end user customers as opposed to its functionality as a backbone provider. Because that was always my worry: is that yeah, you can switch your ISP. That's easy. I mean, I'm not even on a major ISP myself, so I've got no problems with that. But if S or AT and T as a 
uh, DSL provider for all of the ISPs on DSL, at least in this area, or if AT&T as a backbone or Quest as a backbone decided to just control it across the whole thing, would you have any choice? And that, that was one thing that I was concerned about. It's, it's a fair point. Uh, the, 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 I, I guess to answer that, I have to go offline and do some research. And that, and that, that is, for instance, uh, what, what percentage of bits um, in the U.S. Fl- uh, flow over AT&T's network? And my impression when I was looking into a similar um, article a, a month or two ago is that it's, uh, they're, they're one of about, about five large backbone providers. And so it's not like they have a near monopoly on right. this. Right. The, the listener actually sent us a, a color map of the Internet which had AT&T is, I think, green and, and you know, had, had it all laid out. And it doesn't tell you bits, but you can sort of see that there are some other ways around to get your stuff across the net without using it. And, and some, some people have written in and said, hey, you know, we would just stop peering with them. If they if they really did something evil, yeah, the the ultimate uh, market check. Uh, so so yeah, I, I think this is probably going to play out in the market, and a lot of this is just political pos- posturing. There's a p- conference call this morning uh, with again the the Googles, Microsofts, Amazon, Ebay's uh, saying this is this bill is the end of the world as we know it. The internet is about to end. Um, is, is about to um. Well, you, you get the idea, right? And uh, this they're 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 raising the alarm so they can get as much as as they want, but they're probably exaggerating a bit. All right. Well, thanks, Declan. I really appreciate you coming on. My pleasure. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, and we will be back. We'll uh, pick up with Stephen Paul's job, stock sell-off, some cool Google hacks, and the fact that people aren't adopting open source because open source people just wear too many smelly T-shirts or something. With Earthlink's new 6.0 megabits per second DSL, you can download a one megabyte digital photo in 1.33 seconds. Blink twice. There it is. 6.0 6.0 megabits per second DSL from Earthlink. Go to earthlink.net. So Stephen Paul Jobs, who I've just <laughs> taken to calling Stephen Paul Jobs since I found out his middle name. Uh, there was an article on News.com today explaining his stock sell-off. It was not nearly as fun well, yeah, I we mean, were, we were playing around there's with no million yesterday. room house with no, a million just, hi-fis he, in it. You know, when you get $10 million of stock, you got to pay taxes on it. And the best way to pay taxes is to sell off a bunch of the stocks. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, You'll, you there's still hope that some other way he can be able to build the one million room mansion. And then let me live in it. And, and why not? I mean, he could let. Lots yeah. of people. Surely I have to be in the in one million number somewhere. You know, I have to fall into that group somehow. Maybe. It would be the op- ultimate Come on, Steve, for you. you know me. We're yeah. buddies, pals. <laughs> yeah. We go way back. Email me. <laughs> so, uh, also on the Buzz Out Loud Lounge forum, the boys from Boston posted an interesting little uh, Google hack that they saw in Slashdot and Ars Technica had the details. You paste in this JavaScript line when you're at google.com, mm-hmm. press return, it pops up a little pop-up box that is virtually unintelligible. You say okay, and then it changes the interface of Google. It actually takes the nav from up top and shifts it over to the left side. Right, right. And I used it for a while last evening, mm-hmm. uh, and it's persistent. You don't have to keep using that JavaScript. Once you've run it, It'll run until you close your browser, and the next time, you, at least for me, the next time I opened my browser, it was gone. It was back to the normal Google interface. But it puts not only uh, the links to image and frugal and all that stuff along the left side, but it gives them a little relevancy bar. Right. It looks kind of like the page rank. So you system. can, yeah. So you can actually see if 
the term you're searching on regular Google has a lot of relevant results in images, which is great for me because I actually use Google image search quite often. I do too. And a lot of times I click over and I get nothing. Mm -hmm. And so it would be nice to see already, it doesn't look like there's much there. Let me change my search terms a little before I click Or the other day when we were searching for that, um, the, the, um, the church fires. Yeah, right. We, 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 you know, it showed up in news or it didn't show up in news as opposed to regular web search. So that would have been handy too. Yeah, it's not not going to tell you exactly what's over there, but you can at least see if there's much. Like with the church fires thing that we were searching for, which was the MySpace (laughs) story that Veronica was talking about yesterday, there was nothing. So we would have known. Which leads me to believe that I made it up completely. (laughs) I'm sure we would have heard about it by now. (laughs) Uh, Open source not adopted because open source people dress poorly. This, according to the former CIO of Massachusetts, the one who was pushing for open document standards. I, I think he means well. He's trying to say, like, I believe in open source. Some people are prejudiced against it just because of the sandal and ponytail set. <laughs> the thing is, that I can picture words. so perfectly the stereotype that he is talking about in his mind. It's like, come on, just get with it. Like, if a company at this point can't, like, see past that, you know, it's... They need to get with the now. What's get with the, the thing? now. I, you know, unfortunately, I don't think he's wrong. I think that probably has something to do with it. it. It's not the whole thing. And he doesn't even say it's the whole thing. But it's it's the fun quote that everyone's hopping on. Um, it's just unfortunate that people will judge on looks and possibly avoid something that could be very beneficial for them because of that. Now, mm-hmm. we're not going to change that. People are always going to judge on looks. That's right. just human nature. Uh but the nature of business is changing. Well, and this is one of the things that always bugs me about business is that it is set up as this like objective, like it's just business and we go after what's right. best for business. But the fact is human behavior plays a huge role in business. And here's an example of it. In some cases, open source would absolutely be the best way to go cheaper, more reliable, even with support issues. You know, you can hash mm-hmm. that out. That's always an argument. But some people just think it's messy, just think it's not good. And that sort of appearance of people like based oh, on you the know, developers t-shirt with like, the food i'm not you know they want a nice trimmed hair cutted person in a suit to walk in and shake their hand and give them confidence that the product is going to work even if it's not even if the product is awful yeah they want that they want that reassurance i guess that makes sense because but... a lot of times in business it's not it's, it's about keeping your job right it's not about what's actually best for the company well, I still think it's silly. It is. It's absolutely silly. But I think he's right. <laughs> I think it has something to do with it. Question is, should open source advocates start running out and buying suits? No, I don't think so. No. Maybe just black I t-shirt and jeans. Well, I mean, if they have people that regularly go to big businesses and try to, you know, sell them or not sell them, but try mm-hmm. to put open source Well, yeah, I think maybe what he's, maybe what he's talking about, and I'm starting to think for him, which is always dangerous, but maybe what he's talking about is the people advocating within the company for open source are probably the developers who don't have to dress nicely because they're not dealing with the public, but then they lack credibility with their superiors. I still, that makes it even more still terribly unfortunate. (laughs) Black t-shirt and jeans makes you look hip. Don't look like the man. I don't know. What are you, I'm, if I I'm, couldn't wear a black t-shirt I'm and jeans fashion to work, I'd be, I'd be in picture. I'm, in fact, wearing a black t-shirt and jeans right now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you just caught on to that. Uh, oh, you were making fun of me. <laughs> no, oh, no, 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 no. Good. We're going no, there I'm now, I'm actually huh? advocating black t-shirt and, and jeans. I'm right? also wearing a vest. Thank yes, you. Yes, the vest is quite 
Anyway, uh, <laughs> BitTorrent. Let's move on to BitTorrent. Uh, the search site hits back against the U.S. film industry. Lawyers for Torrent Spy, uh, which is a search engine for torrents, are basically going, yeah, yeah. According to the BBC, they say the lawsuit is an attempt to make the BitTorrent system itself illegal and that they won't have it. They're asking and Los Angeles uh, Los Angeles court to dismiss the case. Hmm. They stand accused of helping copyright infringement by directing people to sites, some of which host copyrighted content. And Torrance Spy says, well, go sue Google then. Well, that, yeah, that would be like suing Google for, for, you know, putting links to sites that have like child pornography or illegal music or anything like that. They don't make the content. They are just linking to the content based on search results. Torrance Spy's lawyer Ira Rothkin said the MPAA was going beyond a recent ruling by the Supreme Court that file sharing services could be held liable for actions of their users in certain circumstances. His quote, this appears to be the first case where major Hollywood studios are suing a search engine that does not even link to any files copyrighted by any Hollywood industries. Hmm. So, you know, they're just, they're again, right, over, right. overcompensating, overreacting, going after the wrong people instead of actually trying to adapt to a new universe. The only loophole in my mind that makes any kind of sense in this case is the fact that Torrent Spy is a Torrent-specific search engine. Sure. But then you would, you would have to say that all BitTorrent files are illegal. Exactly, and they're not. And they're the not at all. And is Torrent Spy inciting people to get illegal torrents? Let's forget. Let's say torrents are just torrents and they're not always illegal. Right. Is Torrent Spy doing anything to encourage it? They're just indexing. Right. They're and not putting I, illegal downloads it, uh, in front of legal downloads in their in their and, results. Or? And they've cooperated. When Hollywood has come to them and said, please remove these links, they've removed them. Mm-hmm. They, that's the other thing that they're frustrated about. So, and Google is a perfectly fine way to find torrent files as well, which is why they're saying, why don't you just go sue Google? Right. But yeah, it's, it's a, uh, it's another example of just the strategy of hitting as many things as possible in the hopes that it will take down your enemy. Okay. Well, in our uh, future, that is Blade Runner. What's this story about? <laughs> Brain cells fused with computer chips. This on Slashdot. They actually have figured out, according to LiveScience.com, <laughs> how to integrate human neurons into a chip. So there's actually a connection between the circuits of the chip and the neuron so that information can be exchanged. Wow. The ultimate cyborg implant. That's so scary. It's and cool. cool. It's wicked cool, but it's also scary. I don't know. It's just, it, it gives me the willies a little bit. The achievement could one day enable the creation of sophisticated neural prostheses. We <laughs> want a prosthetic forehead on our real head, perhaps, <laughs> to treat neurological no, disorders yeah. or the development of organic computers that crunch numbers using live neurons. It doesn't necessarily have to be scary, like any other technology. Would it could be used like... to make zombie, con- you know, controlled okay. zombies. But Would it work with, um when they say... Uh... <laughs> it's just not... Okay. Would okay, it work? so let's, but, let's no, just take the zombies for granted. <laughs> well, I'm always for the zombies. <laughs> but yes, what do you say? If, okay, say if you had like a prosthetic limb, yeah. would it help make it so you can control the limb's function with your with your brain? Theoretically, yeah. Was that something it could do? Because that would be really great. Right. In fact, I know they've been trying to do that kind of thing already. There are already like, like kind of hacked ways of doing that right. that allow the, like, the muscles up mm-hmm. in the upper arm to send signals to control the lower arm. But this could actually give you direct control. Right. Potentially. That would be great. I mean, this is just in the lab right now, but... I love science. Science is fun. I especially love science when it makes healthy bacon. 
Uh, yeah, I saw this on the uh, veronicabelmont.com blog. That's a good blog. Cloned pigs <laughs> that actually produce bacon with omega-3 fatty acids, which would make bacon and pork good for your heart. Yes. Bacon that's good for your heart. I knew there was a God. No, I'm just kidding. I got the link from Slash Food, and it's a, it, which links to another uh, article in the International Herald Tribune. And um, I just thought it was really interesting. Apparently, you know, everyone associates me with bacon from some, for some reason now. I'm not really sure how that started. Actually, I'm entirely sure. But I'm, I'm glad to know this is kind of cool, kind of a cool topic. You do love science. I, I love science and I love bacon. And, and now bacon could be just now. as good for you as fish. <laughs> I'll believe it when I eat it. Uh, what's not good for you is a laptop that is spying. And uh, the U.S. is afraid that Lenovo, who now make the ThinkPad, used to be an IBM product, mm -hmm. that Lenovo could actually be making laptops that spy on the U.S. This in relation to a contract that <laughs> Lenovo has to supply 15,000 computers to the U.S. Yeah, State talk Department. about a paranoid freak out. That doesn't mean they're not after you. <laughs> Just because you're paranoid. Just because you're not wearing your tinfoil hat. I think this is a somewhat legitimate concern, but it it, it is a little paranoid. I mean... The Chinese and the United States have a rocky relationship. Yeah, but where and do Lenovo's you stop? Lenovo's a Chinese company. But where do you stop with 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 electronics coming from China? Well, you know, I mean, just because it's computers, I mean, I don't know. It could be anything. It's the fact that they're going to the State Department. Okay. They're, the U.S. isn't worried True, about Lenovo spying on me with my ThinkPad. They're they worried be. about the ones that are actually <laughs> going to the U.S. State Department, which is engaged in foreign diplomacy and could be the subject of spying. But it also betrays that they don't feel confident enough that they would be able to discover Right, or protect spying, from. Yeah. Which is very telling. Anyway. Yeah. You don't think it's a big deal? I don't think it's a big deal. All right. What about this? You think this is a big deal? Jimmy Wales, co-founder of Wikipedia, has raised $4 million to fund Wikicities, a for-profit undertaking that would create wikis around communities. Now, where would the profit come from? Uh, advertising? Yes. The the uh, model is an advertising model. Could they, they could also probably have businesses pay to be listed on the site. Or is it well, going, since it's a wiki, it's going to be a user I listed. would assume it's yeah, going to be obviously. a user. Okay. It's, so it's similar to Yelp. Yes. I should, in fact, ask the Yelp guys to come on here and talk about what they think. We don't know much thing. else about it. This is just from a news.com blog posting. Uh, but it sounds like they are going to get into that kind of business uh, competing with City Search and Yelp. Yelp does a really good job, though. So it'd be kind of unfortunate to split that audience. Oh, I absolutely think Yelp is a great, great site. And I use it personally. I've um, relied on it a few times. City, uh, City Search has kind of, you know, I'm not that it, it doesn't work so well for me anymore. City Search, I use almost like a yellow pages. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, if it's I good need for to find finding a name and address, address, but I don't trust the reviews too much. No. And there's just never that many reviews. Yelp is a lot more thorough, I think, in its user reviews. A lot more active because they kind of encourage you to be active, mm -hmm. which is great. Uh, real quickly, Google employees hold a wireless patent on making money off Wi-Fi. This according to Slashdot and actually our own very own ZDNet here at CNET Networks. Uh, ZDNet Asia has a story that says Google employees Wesley Chan, Xiopian Shen, I'm probably butchering that, and a former Google product management director, George Harik, Propose lowering the cost of wireless access by offsetting the cost via advertisements on the service. Now, you brought up one way this is interesting. Well, yeah, because if, if San Francisco, if Google does build a citywide um, wireless network, that would be one way that they could support it. The other, the other thing that's interesting is that these patents are uh, held by the employees themselves, not by not Google. Not the company. In fact, one of the employees isn't even a Google employee anymore. 
So what does that mean? It means that they benefit from them. And there's probably still, a, hopefully, a good relationship with the employee that's gone. There's definitely a good relationship with the employees that are there. Mm-hmm. And Google pays them. Yeah. That's the way it should work. You should own your own thoughts. Yeah. That should just be in the Bill of Rights or something. <laughs> the International Declaration of Human Rights. You should not be able to not own your own thoughts. Anyway, I, I'm drifting in, yeah. into philosophy. Into anger. <laughs> well, Molly's been gone. It's, know. You know, there's a void that needs to be filled. Well, we got voicemails again. Thanks Hooray! to Veronica being here. And James from Connecticut is uh, also upset at the passing of author Stanislav Lim. Oh, hey, guys. This is James slash Jasmine from CT. Just wanted to call in and say, uh, Tom, one of my all-time favorite books is called The Siberiad by uh, Stanislav Lem. Just, just a wonderful book. I couldn't even tell you exactly why. It's a collection. I don't know. If you haven't read it, it's a collection of short stories about basically two little kind of omnipotent inventors and their adventures. And it's just, just a wonderful book to read. Everyone should read it. And I also just wanted to say that I found some evidence that I am of the sort of MySpace generation, not really, but <laughs> whenever I try and call you guys, I wind up subconsciously dialing 1-800-616-CNET, but I dial CNET as if I'm text messaging, so I'll hit oh, two, no, three times to get C. It never goes through, and I'm always confused, and then I realize what I'm doing, and I just feel like an idiot. So, just wanted to share that. All right, uh, talk to you all later. Uh, bye. Now, that's funny. You shouldn't feel like an idiot, though. No, I try to do that all the time. Do you really? See, that's because you text message a lot. I text message constantly. And then there's people like Molly who have a trio who aren't going to fall into that because they've got a full keyboard. Yes. Yes, exactly. I haven't, you know, I'm old. I haven't quite got caught on to the whole thing. It takes me a while to write a I have thumbs of lightning. Thumbs of lightning. (laughs) I could write a freaking essay. Thumbs of lightning. (laughs) You should do a movie. A movie. Thumbs of lightning. If Using I had to do a whole movie, I'd your probably thumbs get powers tunnel. for good. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Moving Come on. on. You don't like that idea? No. <laughs> Bill from Baltimore <laughs> called in uh, with an alternative to the alternative to Slingbox. Tom, Bill from Baltimore here. We keep talking about wanting to, uh, to buy the Slingbox. You know, you can go out for about 50 bucks and buy, or 50, 60 bucks and buy an ETI or Hoth Edge external USB video capture device. They're pretty cheap. And all you need to do is run your TiVo into that. Download Windows Media Encoder. It's free. It's a server. You can then use your TiVo to change the channel, which is feeding into your video capture card, which streams out with Windows Media Encoder. It takes about uh, five minutes to set up oh, we total. Oh, talk about it. Yeah, because it's And you can leave it running whenever you want. And if you forget to leave it running when you go out, change the link in you can terminal the service or remote desktop into your computer and start up yeah. the service. Have a good one, folks. Oh, by the way, it runs quite well. I do it quite often. Have a good one, folks. Bye. It sounds good. Mm-hmm. So... Do you still, you, okay, so he's saying you've already got a, you still have to have a computer hooked up to your home theater system. Right. Or or do you? I think I, it sounded like he was suggesting you put the external USB video capture device straight into your TiVo, which might work for Series 2. I'm not sure that it would work for the Series 1 box. Well, I have a Series 2 box from DirecTV. Right. So I'm not sure it would work for that with the software. It might. Well, he, um, he says it works, so. And then you stream it out from that video capture device with the video encoder. But I'm su- the video encoder has to be on another box. So you're going to need another box there. Mm-hmm. And then you can stream it out over the internet. And the TiVo controls, 
I don't know. I, I need a few more details, not in a voicemail, but in an email. But there, this has got the sounds sounds good, and he's doing it. So, and it obviously possible. Exactly. I'm just I'm a little more curious, or maybe just post it in the forum so everybody can see it. But. Taking some emails, Ryan from Columbus, Ohio, on the Vista delay. Uh, we were talking about the fact that this might not really hurt, but they won't get the advantage of a spike in sales if Vista isn't released until after January. But Ryan is proposing that perhaps Microsoft will allow vendors to include an upgrade coupon. That's a really great idea. So that you that buy the sense. computer and you'll get the new version of Vista when it comes out. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I think that would almost obviate any any issues they would have. Because I really don't think most people Except care. annoyance. I, I think that they would get a little benefit of people going, oh, uh, it's a new operating system, I'll get it. Most people just want to buy a computer. Right. But uh, Next email we got was... From Frank. Stuck to my fingers. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Frank uh, wrote in and thanked us for the interview with Shannon Coulter. Uh, he flipped right over to Magnitude and loves it. As a copyright lawyer and devoted listener to Buzz, Buzz Report and Music. He is very excited to find people, not just consumers, but musicians and artists, willing to take risks with copyrighted content in a legal way. And I cannot agree with you more, Frank. Uh, he's never thought it was okay to steal content of any sort. He's always felt like it was a situation that the labels had brought on themselves in many ways. Mm-hmm. And while this one business with this type of model may not replace the major ones, it certainly should be successful, and he'll do his part to support it. Excellent. And we received several pieces of feedback similar to this, but this is the only one I got from an actual copyright lawyer. Yeah. Which is why I I was particularly interested in reading it. Uh, Our video contest continues. We'll put the link in the newsletter, and it is also available in the forums, and uh, we should probably put it up on buzzoutloud.cnet.com. Yes, we have our new podcast page for us specifically. we uh, We mentioned it late last week, but we didn't have an actual... Address that wasn't reviews.cnet.com slash right. Well, now we have we have two different vanity URLs. We have buzzoutloud.cnet.com and b o l buzzoutloud. You know the abbreviation at .cnet.com. So you so, can remember those much bowl, easier. Bowl, bowl, or buzz out loud. It's up to you. <laughs> uh, if you want to keep abreast of the rest of the day's news, check out our sister site at news.com for updates throughout the day on what's happening in the tech world. Give us a call one eight hundred six one six CNET. You can also email us buzz at cnet.com and post in our forums forums.cnet.com. Just look for the Buzz Out Loud Lounge. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.